0: Welcome back, Change Cultivators, and we continue our conversation with Judith Germain. If you have not listened to the first episode in this series, I would just hit pause now and go back and find it. You want to kind of take this story from the beginning. As I said in the kickoff to the earlier episode, Judith is the leading authority on Maverick leadership, and she's an author, consultant, podcast host, speaker, Um, and what I've been finding so far is a super awesome and fun to chat with person. So Judith, (laughs) thank you. Thank you, and welcome back.
1: Thank
0: you. I am so glad you came back. Sometimes people don't. So you obviously have one of the characteristics of Maverick leadership is resiliency. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I want to dig a little bit deeper. In our last episode, you you educated me and our listeners on what Maverick leadership is from your perspective. Um, And, you know, I'm going to drive into a question in a little bit about whether Maverick leaders are born or whether they can be trained. Um, However, you and I have chatted a little bit and I'm suspecting in your specific case of being a Maverick leader it may have been born because um, I understand there's a story from very early on in your career uh, when you may have been working in an industry and you know had a chance to kind of step up and be a little bold and be a little confident and kind of correcting some things that leaders were doing that might have connected. So can you, can you kind of give us a little background to that, your personal, a personal story of you early on demonstrating the traits that you ultimately codified into Maverick leadership?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, In this story, I was not the finished product because I didn't have much tact.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so Maverick leaders learn to be tactful. Got it. Perfect.
1: That is definitely a learned trait. (laughs) All right. Well, then then
0: I am a continuous learner because I haven't gotten to that (laughs) one yet. So rock on. Yeah.
1: So in this story, I was about 19 years old uh, working for a very large organization, I was an underwriter, commercial underwriter, back in the day when you had to, to figure out everything so you had to figure out the risk and work that out. Anyway, the organisation decided they weren't going to be in that market anymore and they went from a sort of a regionalized output into a centralised output and moved into a different segment of the insurance market and what they actually did, they took Uh, people like myself who were experienced functional individuals onto a call sector and we had to deal with all the calls Um, But there was a problem with that in the sense that it wasn't really working the way that they they thought it should work and the reason was that was because we were highly skilled individuals and we didn't like to pass on the work we wanted to just get on follow the customer all the way through anyway so one day I'm in the in the hallway outside the office and I bump into a senior member of the exec team I didn't know who it was it was just another person to me and they said oh hi welcome to the you know welcome to the area and what do you think about this new plan how's it working and being me being 19 being a maverick and not learning how to be tactful I said well it's crap isn't it and he was like sorry I was like well it doesn't work does it like this because I you know didn't have much tact at all. and he, Lucky for me, he also was a maverick. So he kind of looked at me and went, do you think you could fix it? And I went, yeah, sure. And he went, okay, go fix it. And I was no. like, okay. All right, I, I didn't question whether it was true or not. I was just like, okay. So I, went into, so I went into the office, went to my boss's boss and said, oh, I'm not doing this anymore because I met so-and-so outside in the corridor and he's asked me to fix this problem. So I'm going to be doing that. And obviously like phone call, oh, 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 okay, I see. So one of the things that math leaders are really good good at is strategizing, innovating and executing. So I needed to have a strategy. Now I said I can fix this problem, I need to deliver. So in this strategy, I thought what I needed to do was to speak to other people who'd come from other regions in other disciplines to figure out what I am seeing as an issue is in fact true so i you know we'd been in the office maybe two couple of months so i had a good idea who i thought was good at what they were doing so I contacted them went into the local offices came up with a plan wrote a report gave it to um this senior exec who then took it to the board and they agreed that i was right and we then changed the way that we were the whole of the company was going to work in that area. And that was from somebody who was 19, who who had never been formally trained in that area of insurance. So all my expertise come from a completely different area of insurance. Um, Looking at it, looking at the whole problem, it's that emergent thinking and going, I know why this doesn't work. I have a hypothesis, let me test it and see.
0: It's such a powerful story, right? One, there's a, we talked about swagger in the last episode. There's a little bit of confidence. You use the word arrogance. I would never use that to somebody else, but it might be a good word for that. that. Um, is a little bit of confidence to be able to willing to just stand up and call things as you see them. It's kind of the the emperor has no clothes kind of thing. It, oftentimes people are afraid to call it out and just say it. Um, so you know, there's there's something to that. Um, but you you went down this path of saying. I'm not gonna be stuck in thinking of the world in this really narrow prism. We will be better as I think about strategy if I broaden the aperture. We have a previous guest on on, on the podcast and a friend of mine, Duncan Wardle. Duncan Duncan was the uh, VP of innovation and creativity at the Disney company for years. Uh, And he trains creativity and innovation thinking now. And one of the things that he pushes on is a barrier to that kind of creativity and innovative thinking is you get stuck in your river of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I think about the problem this way, so I'm going to solve the problem that way. When if I actually think about the problem this way, I'll actually connect the dots. So are maverick think are maverick leaders uh, more generalists? Do they like what is the what is the trait that allows them to do that?
1: Pathological curiosity. <sighs>
0: what a great term say more say more
1: absolutely curious about everything right so take it as read they're an expert in their field right because that's what they become they become an expert and then they're curious as to how does the thing that they become expert in relate to other things so they then go off and learn the other thing and then they go off and learn the other thing. So they're constantly making all these stepping stones. And because they're naturally curious about everything, and that includes people, they go off and talk to other people and find out what is about their role and what they enjoy doing. And I think they col- they collect data points on the way in everything they see. So for, for a rabbit leader, everything is data. What is being said, what they observe, what they read, what they research, it's just data. So they look at everything across all industries, across everything. And that's where the emergent thinking comes from because you are pulling all the different points into, into one place. So I think also that need for the solution to be right and not to be right, enables you to have that childlike curiosity on everything oh wow so why does it happen to i don't mind being stupid so i'm being stupid i don't get this how does this work and you'll learn it and you'll study it that's that's how it's
0: so that i often say to my clients when i'm leaving a workshop uh, um i w- i'll say to them look i'm the dumbest guy in the room i said so i will blatantly ask you things just to put it out there Ooh. um and, and i've got another. Go ahead. You can call I, me the dumb. You can call me the dumbest person in this no, room no, no. too. And there's I'm, only two I'm, of us. I'm all good. I've
1: got this annoying habit of going. Oh, 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 oh! oh Go goodness. ahead. So, the the other thing is, maverick leaders don't have one way of thinking. Because you know how some people have that primary. I'm a logical thinker, or yes. I'm a critical. You know, I'm this or that. Maverick leaders have critical thinking as the core. So you know they have a process of thinking, but then they they run through the different modes of thinking for the right type of problem. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's... they're not the, the thinking capability isn't, isn't mm-hmm. narrow either. So they might go right, okay, let's look at this from a strategic point of view, let's run it from a creative point of view, let's look at it from an emergent point of view, let's, you know, so they'll they'll run through the different scenarios, taking because um, each problem has a requires a certain way of thinking to solve it and they try to make that assessment, think something through, and then they'll run it through the other modes, often quite fast to see that they've challenged. And then they will, one thing that they hate the most is confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. So they will look for people who do not agree with them for them to convince them that they're right. And if they're right, that's great. But if they see it as a test, so they're testing the, the solution that they're going to propose by finding people who don't agree with it so
0: they could put, put it apart. Love it. So two quick questions to kind of wrap Sorry. up this episode. No, oh my God, brilliance. Um, and I'll figure out a way to tie all this together to our listeners by the end of our last episode. Don't worry, I'm on it. Um, so, and, and if you want any more details about the stuff that Judith is talking about, you can certainly download her book and read her book where she kind of brings all of us to life and pay attention to our articles and the magazines and those kind of things. Um, so two quick things. Are maverick leaders born or can you train them? That's the first thing. And I'll just pause, let you answer that.
1: Uh, Okay, so the whole nature, nurture. I think there are certain uh, traits that are you're born to, but like epigenetics, they're switched on through environment. So whilst not everybody is going to be a maverick by personality, everybody can be a maverick leader. it's just a case of what do you what what do you study where's your priority um but if you want to be a maverick leader yeah of course you can be one well.
0: cool so those you listeners well. so those listeners who are listening to just going, oh they're talking about like mindset and they're talking about this stuff i'm not that way so i can't be one of those you would say i was going to say it curse word bullcrap oh, yeah, um, right, oh, right,
1: so don't be so ridiculous right ah,
0: you know,
1: leadership is personal personal in the in two ways it's personal to you the individual what do you bring of yourself when you lead right and when you impact somebody else it is personal to them so are you cognizant of that fact so are you doing things purposefully Do you have integrity? Integrity of character and congruence, yeah. And obviously, how you do things is the other part of that
0: maverick leadership. Perfect. Okay, we're gonna we're we're gonna unpack those in the next episode. But I want to end this little chunk. Um, What are some of the, I'll say, barriers to great leadership? Barriers to good leadership? Um, You know, as you study leadership, which you've done so well, and as you work with leaders. What are the couple of biggest barriers to good leadership in times specifically of change and transition and transformation that you think people need to be aware of enough to spot? Ego. Ego is one, okay.
1: So if, you, if you're more concerned about being right or a position that you have, you're never going to be able to lead. Okay. Um, another barrier is... Being scared of change, not recognizing change for the for the interesting aspect of change and just seeing it. People equate change with loss, but it's more than loss. So it's becoming more change-eager is a barrier. And I think probably if I was going to pick a third one, yeah, critical thinking. (laughs) You need to be a critical thinker and you need to execute. There are too many too many leaders too many leaders who are all about the plan but not about actually executing well and achieving the thing that you want to achieve they're more like this plan is beautiful um without actually executing and that in in that execution you're gonna need to know people yes oh,
0: so smart so smart well thank you again for another chat we will be back with the third episode uh shortly on the schedule so flag change cultivators i'd ask you to uh, follow us on linkedin download us on your favorite podcast platform and uh, keep us top on your list and we'll be back in the next episode with a little more detail about maybe overcoming some of those barriers with judith thank you again judith. Whoa,
1: whoa, If the world is a stage, better stop the show's ever-